For those who know what's right. For those wedded to the machines in their bedrooms, their studios, their best friend's garage or basement. For those who negotiate with the system every day to make time for the music that matters. For those who get in debt to fund the fight against the mundane. For those who stay true to their cause even in the face of income and fame through compromise. For those who feel the power of every beat. For those who keep their minds open. For those who encourage and support those pursuing their personal dream. For those who've sacrificed relationships to make sure the music is heard. For those for which the music is a lifetime, not a pastime. This is Base Agenda. 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 This is Oliver Way, and you're listening to Base Agenda. Yeah. I want to know how deep is your love? How deep do you feel? And if it's real, not as in it was real at the time, but as in I wish this could last forever. Sometimes the love escapes and disappears Then must appears so many things In your head, the tears fall and turn Your eyes flush out red Sometimes the love escapes and disappears Then must appears so many things In your head, the tears fall and turn Your eyes flush out red Welcome to Base Agenda. This month, the show is completely dominated by one man who's done an awful lot. One half of the Detroit Grand Pubers, DJ, solo producer, remixer, booking agent, founder of uh, EPM, distribution and promotion company, Robert Hood's manager for over 20 years. I am, of course, talking about Oliver Way. Got some great stories to tell and some extremely good music for you as well. A lot of techno in the first uh, hour or so, and then we're going to slip into more abstract stuff, some electro, hip-hop, experimental stuff as well. And in part two of the show, we've got a mix by him as well, which I'll tell you a little bit more about later on in the show. Had a lot of fun with this one. Enjoy the tunes, and enjoy what Oliver's got to say.
uh, maybe 13, 14, and actually got was first getting into reggae and dub and dancehall music was really kind of what I got mm -hmm. into first. Right. Um, I think that was just mainly because friends I was around, you know, I was hanging around uh, Tottenham a lot, and a lot of my friends were from that area, and there was a lot of reggae and a lot of dancehall and a lot of dub music being played, and I kind mm -hmm. of really got into that. Yeah, um, yeah. Which probably got me into the bass, you know, to be honest, you know, right. dub, obviously. Sure. Um, so I was quite heavily into that for a good couple of years, and they were the first parties I actually even went to, um, were mm. a lot of kind of illegal dancehall parties, believe nice. it or not. Mm. Um, I kind of remember quite a few around sort of Walthamstow area that I'd go to quite regularly, sort of uh, basement parties as well with mm -hmm. friends. And then from there, I remember there was a lot of dance music on the radio, even on Capital Radio and stuff, you know, there was a lot of mixed shows going on, you know, I mean, as cheesy as it is, I don't know if you remember, there was this uh, radio show by, I think, Pat and Mick or something like that, or Mick and Pat, and they had this oh. radio show on Capital Radio. Yes. And it, it was all kind of pop music, but they also threw in a lot of like, you know, at the time, you know, Teddy Riley stuff, and it was more kind of R&B dance stuff, but they were doing mixes. I don't know if they were doing the mixes or if they had an engineer doing them, but they had kind of mad mashups and edits and stuff like that of kind of more, R&B dance music. Oh, that takes me back. How old are you, man? What that takes me back? I'm nearly. I'll be. I'm 49. I'll be 50. Uh, end of the oh, okay. So you're a year, a year and a bit ahead of me. So I'm. I'm, full, I'm So I grew up in Essex. Oh right. Um, yeah, and me and a mate used to listen to that show, and they used to put, but they play stuff like. They play quite a lot of twelve-inch versions of stuff. Yes, exactly, up. exactly. Like extended mixes, and then they do. They, I think. Yeah. I, I think if I remember right, it was like a Friday night. They had this master mix session, and it was all just one big mix mashed up. And they played like yeah, all these kind of different edits and different versions of like it could be like Janet Jackson or yeah. the Burt and all this kind of stuff. So that kind of really kind of got my interest. Not so much of the music, even though the music was fine, whatever it was called, it was dance music. But um, yeah. it was more the the, the the mixing and the edits and what the fuck, yeah. the fuck are they doing that, you know? And then yeah, yeah, yeah. making these things join together. And that's how I kind of got more into. I guess that side of it, even before kind of thinking, oh, electronic music, you know, I was really interested in the way these people were doing these edits. Was, um, that, Pat, was that Pat Sharp? Yes, I think it was. was I think it, it was the Mick guy, Brown and Pat Sharp. Big fucking mullet was. That's that, it, that. that's it. <laughs> yeah, so cheesy, man. <laughs> I don't know if they're still around anymore or not, man. but yeah.
then after that, I started thinking, right, how the fuck are they doing that? And then started obviously like everybody else getting into trying to do little tape edits, you know, pause button. And mm. I had a double deck tape player and trying to make little mixes of my own, you know, with with this, you know, off the radio. That's it, yeah. yeah. And you start there and you start getting the scissors out then, you know, and then started cutting up some tape and all that, you know, um, trying to make your own kind of master mixes. And mm. so that must have been around, like, I guess, the mid, mid late, late 80s, mid 80s, 87, 86, I don't know when that was. So yeah, that kind of got my interest. And then obviously hip hop was mm. blowing up around that time as well with, like I said, Public Enemy and yeah. Beastie Boys were also coming out. So I kind of getting into that. And then mm. um, and then I think off the back of that, really, I got into hip house, you know, which is Doug Lazy and all that sort of stuff. Oh, uh, okay. That's yeah. when it kind of started going into more of the electronic dance music as we know it today, I guess.
I wasn't actually initially in the Poobers. They started it without me. The first album was actually nothing to do with me. You know, it was him and Andy Toff. I was working at a promotion company called Future Tracks in 2000, and that's where I met Jonas and Addy. Okay. And on the, I was working with them. And on the side, I was running a booking agency. Hmm. I was booking quite a lot of Chicago guys, um, uh, like Robert Armani, K. Alexi, mm. and uh, Robert Hood already then. Mm. And then that's when Paris came about. You know, the Poobas had just launched this new album, uh, Funk All Your and um, they were looking for an agent. Uh, I think we'd been working with, I'd already been working with their manager at the time, which okay. is a guy called John Lane, who ran a record label called, oh shit, what was his record label called? Oh man, that's going to drive me mad. Intuit Solar. Oh, okay. That was it. Intuit Solar. Yeah, they were releasing a lot of stuff from DJ Salt. He'd done some stuff with, uh, I think, with uh, Doppler Effects um, and some of the Detroit guys, Godfather, mm, those mm. kind of guys. And so Detroit Grand Fubers, he was working with a manager at the time as well. He'd done a release with Paris already. A solo release with Paris under the name Black Future, I think. Or it might be just Paris the Black Foo, sorry. And then, so yeah, he contacted me, wanted me to do the bookings for the Poovers, met up with them. And then soon after that, um, they decided to split. You know, Andy wanted to focus more on being a studio engineer and didn't want to go touring and didn't want to right. do any of that kind of lifestyle. And, and Paris was really into that. And he was also mm. a DJ. He wanted yeah, to continue yeah. doing that. So for a while, I think for a few months, I was booking him as the Poobers, but he was doing it alone. Mm. But then quickly realised that he can't do it on his own because he's also much a front man. You know, he's a vocalist, he's a performer, he's an entertainer, he's a real good laugh, he likes to talk to the crowd. And yeah, yeah. what he was doing as the Poobers was really interactive with the crowd. And if he was behind there focusing on trying to just get the, the tracks to play, he was losing that kind of entertainment factor that he had with the crowd. Makes so sense. I said, you know, let me let me help you out. Let me come on the road with you mm. and and um, you know do the show with you. So mm. that's kind of where that it, that started. Oh, okay. Really. Oh, that makes sense, man. Yeah, yeah. No, cool. So, yeah, I yeah. interviewed him a while back now. Yeah. And He's a uh, funny yeah. guy. He's a lovely guy. I was in stitches for half of that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was great, man. He was really good. Friend. I don't know if he told you the name Hoover's even. I mean, even the name itself is quite funny really I mean um, a grand poobah is, is taken from the Flintstones it's um, is it? yeah <laughs> Fred Flintstones bowling team was called the grand poobahs shit I don't think we talked about the name man that's hilarious <laughs> well, there you go you know so that's where it comes from and also a poobah being what's well, a jack of all trades master of none is what a poobah well, that's, that's kind of what I had it in mind as yeah. Which again, which again you know, covers the kind of the exactly. nature of what you guys do. Totally.
So as I said at the top of the show in the second part of this week's episode, we have got a guest mix from Oliver Way. Fantastic electro mix that he put together, played out live back in November last year at an event put together by Nur Nor Nacht and RX Mode. I've definitely said RX Mode right, but I don't know about the rest of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, great, great night that one. Uh, there was Dave Clark, uh, RX Mode. Originally it was going to be Vivo, but of course, uh, unfortunately, Vivo passed away. So uh, yeah, Fern stepped in. Amazing DJ. Great night of electro. An event to keep an eye on. I'm going to have a full set from Oliver for you a little bit later on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
What's up, y'all? This is Paris the Black Fool of the Detroit Grand Poobahs, and you're listening to Base Agenda. used to go record shopping with a lot of the time we decided to name all Robert Hood music at the time was just considered ant music because it, we could just picture ant building you know like a <laughs> like a, a soundtrack to like a, a natural national geographic thing you could it just if you watch the ants they're wandering around and, and building shit and as they're making their nets mate you can play Robert Hood music for that mate it fits perfectly building 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 ant music mate yeah. so that was what we considered Robert Hood music was ant music and um and then, then I went to go down and see him. He was playing at the end uh, at the time. And, and I went up to, well, his wife was always with him, you know. So I went down to speak to his wife and started chatting away. And she gave me a promo of one of the new um, implant releases. And, and I said, mm. you know, I'd love to try to see if I could organize some gigs for you. So um, that was that, really. You know, Robert yeah. was DJing, went off to carry, carry on partying. And, uh, mm. and then she'd give me her phone number. So I gave him a call like, like the following week. And you know, we started organizing some bookings together. And nice. kind of went on from there, really. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and that was like, I don't know, that was 20 years ago.
So then we've got more recently uh, Wake Up. Oh yeah, uh, with Ben Long. Good old Benny boy. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah, you've and, done uh, a lot with that. You've done a lot with Ben, haven't you? Yeah, he's just a really good mate. You know, I've known for ages. You know, it even goes back to when I was doing bookings. I was doing the bookings for Space DJs and. Bandula was still around at the time as well. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, but we never, you know, we hung out and we knew each other, but it wasn't really that, you know, necessarily close to him. But he moved to Belgium. Um, so I said, oh, I went over to visit him, and um, yeah, obviously we jumped in the studio, and uh, mm-hmm. that was the result, really. That was mm-hmm. the first time we jumped in the studio together. Yeah, it's um, nice, man. And that really, I don't know what. I'm shit when it comes to naming and explaining sounds. <laughs> don't worry. But that high pitch thing that it's like. Oh yeah, the ball like a submarine sound. Yeah, yeah, that's it's like a yeah, really high yeah. pitch kind of fucking radar or sonar. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a sound I, I really love a lot, you know. And I said, well, we've got to get that sound in there because you know it's also used a lot on quite a lot of Chicago records that sort of that mm. radar sound. And so that's just a sound I really like. I yeah, I love that when the track songs. shut, when the track kind of comes to the end and the beat stops, but that keeps going for another. Couple. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, nice for a transition as well. Yes, I mean, that was a great session that I had. We did two tracks that night, and uh, I still remember Mm. it. It was a lot of fun, a lot of drinking involved. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) get the creative juices flowing exactly. (laughs) He's got quite a a lot of modular background as well, he really knows how to use that, and I have no idea, but I'm interested in it. He's just great. He had this, he's got this modular bay that is just fucking sick, so he'd sit there tweaking all these crazy sounds, you know, from that. And uh, and I'd be sitting there on my drum machine and on Ableton and stuff, and then uh, just recording mm. it all in, basically. And then we start, yeah. once we just record a whole load of shit, basically, and then just sit there and just start going through all the different sounds and mm. trying to get an arrangement together on something. Mm. But he's really good at that stuff. I, I said, I, I'm starting to learn it a little bit, but it's such a rabbit hole to go down, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> The modular yeah. gear, and uh, he's great at it. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I get always come up with these crazy sounds with him whenever I get into the studio with him. I don't know why I suddenly got fascinated with one of these Luke Slater tracks. I mean, mm. it's an old track, uh, Planetary Assault System track about on Peace Frog called Surface Noise. And it doesn't do anything, man. This is brilliant. But yeah, it doesn't get boring. And that, and mm. was just sitting there thinking, how is it that he's doing that? Like, yeah. Well, it's like just, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, in fact, both tracks are 10 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. so long. And it, yeah, it just keeps your attention. Mm. It doesn't get boring. It's so hypnotic and it's so kind of just captures mm. your attention. And I was like, 
how the, how the fuck is he doing that, man? So I kind of really sat there and <laughs> like a geek and evaluated every little bit of it and listened to it over and over and over again and then kind of figured out how he was doing what he was doing. I said, I want to do something like that, mm. you know, and that is kind of how that track came about. It just was just, I just wanted to have a track that just kept going and going and going and just kind of transitioned and, and moved along. And then obviously I had to put a different twist on it and I got Domgi, who was a saxophone player in Poobas at the time. Um, yeah, that works And to really put, well. put some saxophone on it and it came out really good.
is Dave Clark and you're listening to Bass Agenda. happy with that and engine room was just because i named it like that because it was named after a friend of ours that passed away right around that time as well it's kind of a bit of a an ode to him you know it works as well because there's quite a lot of kind of i was listening to it again this morning and i was thinking this kind of engine room has got some quite kind of mechanical yeah sounds yeah. going on in there as well it's it's it kind of absolutely yeah, it's it like chugging me. along <laughs> yeah 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 and it's 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 Having listened to surface noise, which I hadn't heard for years, actually, with until mm. you listen. Yeah, man, nice. Let's really see cool. the resemblance, I guess. Then, yeah. when you get well, that. as you say, it's that tech because I look at, well, particularly when I'm putting a show together, somebody chooses a 10-minute track, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, we're gonna have, where are we gonna cut this? But actually, some tracks you just have to fucking let it run, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one of those, <laughs> and, and, they're, and they're both well, engine room and, and surface noise both tick that box, man. I think so. So when it comes to like making your own music, man, when did that? I mean, you were saying about tape edits and that. So I'm guessing DJ came first, as you said. Yeah, DJ came first. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. way first. And then I just it's just a natural progression, I think. Really, you know, I mean, studio setup. So I remember I did a even mm. did a small production class. Oh God, and that would have been I want to say 95, 96, around that time. And at the time, it was just. Mm-hmm. Production class just basically consisted of understanding an S900. You know, you couldn't afford these keyboards and stuff, you know, that, no. you know. So, an S900 sampler was about the max you could do, you know. I even remember actually having a DJ mixer as a chip. My, one of my first DJ mixers was a Gemini and it had a, mm. a little, third, I think it was like a three or five second little sample button that you could smash, oh, you yeah. know, as you could play the record and you hit record and it would record a little sample of the record, you know, and you could then yeah, keep repeating yeah. it. And then started working with a friend in Leytonstone who had a, a bit of a better studio set up and kind of knew a bit more what he was doing. Yeah, he was he, he was the kind of first person I started making tracks with. Um, I'm trying to remember what his name was now. Uh, anyway, but he also helped me produce uh, the first release I did, which was on this label I set up called Urban Substance Records. Mm. And um, did my first release on there, I think, I can't remember now, 97, 98, something around there. Now, was that? No, it wasn't, was it? I'm just trying to think. So you had, cause, yeah, because you had the release um, electronic sockets. When was that? That yeah. was after that. Oh, no, that, that's, that is that's, the... that's the one. That's the first. Oh, that one. is the one.
but that was the first solo release I'd done and he helped me do that I actually had done a collaboration with him prior to that but that was kind of under his own name yeah Urban Substance Records which I set up with a guy called Jason Denham uh, which was a promoter in Dublin Okay. At, at the time he was doing these regular nights down in the basement of the Clarence Hotel which was owned by U2 actually and that's uh, that record the uh, Electronic Sockets Part 1 is a split with Claude Young is that right? that's right yeah he did one side I did the other side yeah nice yeah. man yeah, yeah. So how, how did that come about because I mean obviously he's He's a bit well, of a legend. <laughs> totally. Well, he was playing at the at the club night a lot, so the label was meant right. to be a kind of um, showcase for the people that were being booked at the night. Yeah, really cool, man. I enjoyed that. Is that why you picked it as one of your favourites? Because it was like, obviously... Yeah, because it meant a lot to me, you know. Yeah, because you said to pick some tracks that were meaning something to me, and sure. that was one because it's the first one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the first moment where I thought, yeah, I'm enjoying this. Uh, it's something I don't want to continue doing. surface noise but where, where did you come across that can you do you remember who oh man i don't know i think all the stuff were coming out on peaceful at that time was just all hits you know for me yeah. anyway i was playing it i was playing everything on that label at that time yeah you know uh well, i mean i think you know they had a quite a slew of releases out actually sort systems and like right early on mm. um 
But yeah, up until I guess they decided to stop releasing techno, which would have been like I guess the mid 2000s, everything was coming out they were doing was great, you know. And um, yeah, they went into some really weird stuff after that, didn't they? They so, went into sort of folk, didn't they? You know, I think yeah. they had an accidental hit, and then I think they thought, hold on a minute, <laughs> this is making a lot more money than all these other all these other releases. But up until then, yeah, they were I mean, everything everything coming out on Peace World was great. Mm. You know, yeah, so, Luke Slater did quite a lot on there, didn't he? He did, yeah. I mean, some of his biggest hits, Booster, that was on there. Mm. Um, and everything on all that early Peace Fog stuff, uh, all the Palanche Soul Systems on that label are all great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the only reason I got that, because I was just buying everything on that label at that time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. One of those where you buy it blind kind of thing. Totally. And especially yeah. Luke Slater, you know, brilliant. <laughs> doing a little little bit on EPM quickly just let people know yeah sure what, absolutely what's, what's what some people will know others won't yeah um, yep. so the, was it yourself and Jonas founded yep. the company myself and Jonas Stone started it in 2001 January 2001 um, yep. we we're both working at this promotion company at the time called Future Tracks mm-hmm. uh, which was based out of Finsby Park Addy was working there as well at the time um, okay. so we decided well you know me and Jonas why don't we try and set up something together. He'd focus on the promotion, I'll keep focusing on the bookings. Mm. So yeah, we decided to go go at it on our own, see what would happen, you know? Mm. And again, that was January 20, 2001. Um, mm. That went really well. Um, mm. There was a lot of good uh, labels that were still going strong, selling vinyl. So that went, was going great. And um, mm. as things started to peter off there, the digital age coming in, um, promotion budget started getting less. So we ventured then at the time, um, my now wife, Mel, mm. um, had been at ADE actually and started oh. talking to me about, she, she comes downstairs, I was in the bar with Jonas, obviously, mm-hmm. and she'd, she'd actually gone to it, actually listened to a, a panel <laughs> while we were sitting in the bar. She comes down, she's like, I've just been on this panel, they're talking about this thing called digital distribution, you know, and digital music. And we're like, mm. what the hell is all that about? You know, and this is like, must be around 2004. Something like that, maybe even 2003. 
Right. And obviously nobody knows anything about digital at this point, you know, yeah, like yeah. what the hell's all that about? So she started looking into it a bit more and, you know, started getting some research onto it and said, look, you know, maybe this is something that could be interesting to bring into EPM. Mm. You know, at the time, as I said, the PR was dipping down because I said the labels had a lot less money to the vinyl yeah. sales were already starting to dip. Yeah. And, you know, there was these, you know, iTunes was beginning with the iPod, if you remember back then, you know, the whole digital music pretty much has come about, I think, because of iTunes wanting to sell iPods. Um, and yeah, so now we're doing now, you know, throughout the years, things have, you know, as a company, you've got to keep transitioning to stay, stay ahead of the game a bit and kind of move with the times. Yeah. So sure. now we landed up doing, we still do digital distribution, obviously. I've stopped doing bookings, but I'm doing uh, publishing now mm. at EPM. Right. Um, and Jonas and Addy still doing promotion, but more focused on sort of playlists and stuff like that, you know, and radio shows as well. track man i'd forgotten about this track it's just oh man so killer mental <laughs> i know it's thick isn't it i mean that's the first satanic release was that the first one? Oh, i didn't know yeah that. <laughs> yeah yeah wow. and that's why i found out about that as well i mean i had no idea about this label at all um about making an entrance then Jesus. yeah and i actually went into a record shop it was i think even remember the day i got it because it was that like whoa i was at um yeah. Oh, the, one of the record shops in Soho, I think Ambient Soho or something like that it was called and okay. I've been Sister Ray, I think that's in Soho as well and I just said oh, like yeah, you yeah. know I want to get some music, some new shit, just hit me with some new shit and they just gave me a pile of records as they did back in the day you know in a record shop they just pull out a bunch of new shit and that was in there and I was like fuck me, what the hell is that? Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? And it yeah. doesn't fucking let up either, does it? It doesn't, man. And there was, especially at the time, it was there was nothing like that, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really cool track. That there was some just some new sounds, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely an influence. It's a really noisy one too, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's got that that sort of high frequency noise coming through it, you know. Yeah, it's like tinnitus, but done well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Great track, great track. I love it. A great release. Yeah, no, the whole thing's fantastic. I think, that was, I think that that one or the second one that came out after that then was the first record I ever had that played from the inside outwards. Oh, right. I've never seen that before.
listen to me. What we do here, it's fucking essential. It's like oxygen. The world's dying of a thousand heart attacks. We heal them up. It's a goddamn public service what we do. It's not, it's not, that's the only reason to make music. Music, 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 music. Yes, the rhythm, the rebel. Without a pause, I'm lowering my level. The hard drama, where you never been, I'm in. You want styling? You know it's time again. D, the enemy, telling you to hear it. They praise the music, it's time to play the lyrics. Some say no to the album, the show, bum rush the sound. I made a year ago, I guess you know. You guess I'm just a radical, not on sabbatical, yes, to make it critical. The only part of your body should be part of it too. Pass the power on the hour from the rebel of you. Hey, yo, Chuck, man, I don't understand this, man. Yo, you got to slow down, man, you're losing them. Radio, suckers never play me. All the mix, they just okay me now. No one ain't grown when they're clocking my soul. There's no sneaking and taking everything now the brother owns. Huh. such an amazing time when that came out as well because i think i remember them playing at brixton academy or brixton fridge or something like that i mean oh, yeah. there was such an energy around the music at that time beastie boys had come out as well around that mm. time too and there was just such a an atmosphere you know in the music scene in general you know mixed yeah. up that with the dance music as well you know there was such a hedonism about this kind of new music coming through mm. you know yeah i remember it really well i mean it was such a great time yeah, definitely. Unique time, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Really. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think hip hop's ever going to feel like that again. 
No, no, no. I don't think even probably maybe even that dance that Johnny. Well, yeah, no, out. you're right, you're right. You know, we've gone off in such a, into a commercial area now where, you know, it's just, I don't think you're ever going to get that hedonism back into the sound again. No. It'll be something else. There'll still be that that underground sound always coming up, but it's probably going to be something else that we don't know about necessarily right now or, you know, yeah. when we do know about it, then it's probably mm. past. Hank Shockley, uh came on stage with you guys is that right yeah that's right that was a really nice surprise you know i mean it was um unplanned totally unplanned and didn't even know he was going to be there you know nice. and so it was at medium you know this conference they used to do it's not there anymore in at Cannes in the south of france and so he was playing i think he was i don't know if he was, he was djing after us or before us i can't remember because his brother keith He's into, was into dubstep at the time, and so he was DJing, and I think Hank might have been MCing. Okay. Anyway, um, we met him backstage before we performed, just got on, started chatting, and you know, just shooting the shit basically. And um, mm. yeah, so we went on to play, and I think I, don't, I didn't know he was going to do it, but uh, I think maybe Paris had just said, "Yeah, of course, go ahead." Doing one of the songs, it was mm. kind of more of a hip hoppy based song. He just jumped on stage with us and grabbed the microphone and just started, you know, going off with Paris. It was really cool. Oh man, yeah, that sounds really, amazing. Yeah, that real sounds... legend. I mean, what a legend he is. Yeah, man. I mean, God, talk about the Midas touch. Music. Yeah, Jesus, unbelievable. on plastic yeah really cool obviously it's a bootleg you know um on his bones break series this kind of was a good memory for me really because you know it was a i think he put it out when i was living in new york at the time so this was around 92 and um it was just a track that was played a lot in new york and mm -hmm. it's got that great beat down to it which at the time again in new york was really popular <laughs> Yeah. 
Jones and you're listening to Base Agenda. And it took me ages to find that record, to find out what it was and, and, right. and get my hands on it as well. Mm. Because I didn't know Frankie at the time. Um, a mate of mine was playing it a lot and it's one of those moments, you know, where you're in a record shop and all of a sudden you just think, put it on and that's the one, there it is! Oh yeah. You know? And so it was like, yes, <laughs> I got that, man. <laughs> I love, fucking love those moments, man. So, uh, yeah, and then after that, you know, I went on to actually, you know, and Frankie was the first person I ever started booking when I started Oh, booking. really? Okay. Yeah, and then and then his brother Adam X. Now, I love that, that track is really good. I love the female vocal sample in that is... Um, yeah. Just a, yeah. something... Yeah. It's such a funky track, man. It really all is. This, all the bones, when I say all of them, I don't think I've got all... I've got a lot. I interviewed Frankie... God knows when that was. Oh, really? Yeah, quite a long time. Well, he, he's... I'm trying to think, he was releasing the latest. Well, at that point, it was the latest Bones Breaks. Might have been like 18. Bones Breaks 18. Oh, right, because like yeah, he restarted it, didn't he? So, yeah, that's a big tune. That's a really, I mean, you know, that's a really great track. I love it so much. Really cool. And a lot of good memories on that. Nicky Cho is another classic, man. This is amazing. Body Mechanic, Quadrant 6. Oh, mate, what a tune. Fucking hell. That's amazing. It's such an amazing track, man. Yeah. I mean, it still sounds great today. I always play that track, man. It's, I mean, it went, and it's even for what is it like, eight, like eighty-two, something yeah, like that, man. Something it's, like, yeah, yeah, it's early stuff. Yeah. So good, so good. You yeah. know, again, Arthur Baker and John Roby. It's like these two are just, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as as great as other duos like John Lennon and, uh, <laughs> and Paul McCartney or Jeff Mills and Mike Banks, you know. Yeah, John yeah. Robin and Arthur, and Arthur Baker were just sort of amazing together. This is DJ Overdose, and you are listening to Pace Agenda.
collaborate with somebody, do you kind of bring the same thing to each collaboration? I mean, are you kind of the specialist in, I don't know, the drums? No, not really. Well, different? Um, I'll say I'll say drums definitely is something because I used to be a drummer back when I was really young, just for, for a couple of years anyway. I learned okay. to play the drums, so that is something I really enjoy a lot. Mm. Um, but really, nothing specific. I might have some ideas that I've just started before, you know, that yeah. I just don't, I want to do something with that. I don't know what, you know, it could be just some crazy sounds, you know, and then depending on like, where I'm going to work with, and maybe I'll say, oh, look, this might be quite nice to do together with him, you know, mm. and mm. finish up something like that, you know, which yeah. is how the, the one I did with Danny started, you know, mm. Danny Rodriguez, you know, and that was, yeah, mm. piano sound that we had. I think I, I had just sitting around. I think it was my dad even that played the piano or something when he came to visit me once and was just hacking and banging around on, a, on the keyboard and I was just recording him because I like doing that sort of thing a lot. But I've got somebody who could play an instrument and they're in my house and I'll smash them into the studio and say, right, let's just, you know, I'll just mm. lay down some beats and just play anything and I'll just record it. It doesn't yeah, have to be yeah. anything, you know, and then you never know when that's going to come in handy, you know. Mm. So nice to say you like to catch your stuff in the raw kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then see what happens with it. And I think that I think the track started out that way, you know. And um, mm. So this is uh, first strike we're talking about, yeah. Danny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, first act, sorry. I called it first strike, but it's actually called first, oh, first act. First act. No, you're right. I'm reading your email. Yeah, right. yeah. I got it wrong myself. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> All right, man. Don't worry. They did it wrong myself. Um, but yeah, that's how that one came about, you know. So it really doesn't, it really do, I really don't know what's going to happen, you know. Mm. Um, and that one particularly, yeah, I just had that sitting there, this idea of a track, and, um, you know, I really liked it. I, had, there, I knew there was something there, um, but I didn't know how, where to go with it. And Danny, as I said, I think in the email, you know, he's got a great collection of keyboards, mm. and, and he's a bit of a keyboard player himself, mm. and um, he's just great at playing melodies, you know, yeah. uh, and strings. Yeah. And That's so, a lovely track, man. It's a really nice Yeah, it's really, really different, vibe. you know. Yeah, yeah that's how that came about and it just happened in within hours really you know mm. you know what it's like sometimes it just goes perfectly yeah you know i think within three hours that was done yeah yeah wow wow that's, that's, that's yeah 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 it's good when it flows like that though isn't it yeah exactly the vibe yeah, was yeah. there straight away you know he got it straight away he started yeah. jumping on the keyboard and i'm like yes that's it go <laughs>
So is it viral, viral, viral? I think his name's Vril. 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 Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I love this shit, man. It's really good. I mean, I really like my preferred style of techno is deep techno, you know. Yeah. Real hedonistic stuff with a lot of sound design elements going into it. Mm. And he's brilliant at that. Mm. Where's he from, man? I don't I don't know much about him. He's German. I don't know if he's from Germany originally, um, but he's based in Berlin now. Okay. Um, but yeah, everything he does is wicked, mm. as far as I'm concerned, you know. Maybe Rod had as well, you know, they're also another guy that I really like a lot, you know, and they they work together as well. Right. Uh, just very deep hedonistic techno. Yeah, yeah. So the track you chose is Son. Son, yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. A, just again, it's nothing specific about that track. It's just one of his, I just really like it. And yeah. uh, like yeah. I said, all, all of it is stuff though, really. It's worth checking out if no one's listening mm. to the show, has never heard of him. Definitely mm. go just put his name yeah. in and, and see what comes up because it's no, all I need to I need to explore a bit more now you've, you've introduced <laughs> that to me. As you say, it's that real deep atmospheric kind of Yes. But there's a groove exactly. there too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Headphones yeah. on as well. I mean in the club obviously it would sound amazing, but you know, it's just really, really good stuff. It you know absorbs you.
Freddy Fresh. Freddy Fresh, yeah. Afterthought, afterthought. Yeah, that's just basically just one of his more recent releases that we put out mm. on EPM. Uh, mm. Again, he's got an album coming out that uh, we're going to put out uh, over the, I think in September it's planned to come out. Okay. Um, but, I mean, yeah, this is one of his more recent tracks. That, I mean, Freddy is somebody I've known for a very long time as well. Again, harking back to when I was doing bookings, because I did his bookings back in the 90s. and you're listening to Bass Agenda Radio. He got famous for the big beat stuff because obviously he did a collaboration with Fat Boy Slim and I think yeah. in the 2000s he got really popular with this big beaty sound. But what was the track he did with that, uh, Norman Cook? Uh, it's called Bada Bada Swing. You know, he used to do techno before that, but then he's mm. also he plays piano and so he knows a lot about melodies and and he's and he's an amazing producer on like this mental 
uh, modular gear, you know, and he's just really good at tweaking those sounds and these mm. pretty little melodies he always comes up with. And this is just one of those tracks where yeah. he's just got this beautiful melody going in, these, in, in the track, but he's got many of them, you know, and I said, well, keep an eye out for his album in, the, in September, I think. And oh, this cool. is kind of what I want to base it around, you know, is going back to that kind of sound that he's, that he's a real electronica sound that he's got. There's an album he released years ago that I, I organised with him for a UK label that doesn't exist in that anymore. Mm. But this album called Watch That Sound. And if you check that album out, it's all just this stuff. Mm, okay. And it's, it's wicked. Really, really good. So I wanted mm. to go back. I think that came out in around 2005. And I wanted to do another album like that, um, that he, with that kind of music. So this is right. what forthcoming album. Yeah, that's what's coming up. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, like cool. That. I know some of his tracks I've listened to again more recent stuff. I think the the track he did with you on the album again was oh yeah, quite old school electro kind of vibe. Yeah, going on as well. it was killer. I really enjoyed really? that. Yeah, I just wanted to try and make that as diverse as possible, really, because I've been going through quite a hard time in my life at that moment. My mum had just passed away, oh, and so it felt like a big sort of milestone that I wanted to try to put an album out. I mean, slightly in the vein of Poobas as well, because, you know, the Poobas stuff is always very varied and there isn't yeah. really any specific style. Yeah, and yeah. that also, I wanted to try to kind of showcase a lot of the different styles of music that I've been into, mm. you know, since getting into the music itself. So that mm. was kind of those two things combined. Yeah. You know, so it's a bit all over the place. Um, but that was for a reason. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was great to do a track with him. And now I've done a track with him for his album now, so that will be on that. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice one. Good, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Which, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely do.
Yeah, I've got this collaboration coming out with Freddie. That'll be uh, sort of in September on his album. Um, I'm going to do some more tracks with Danny, Danny Rodriguez. Um, nothing really set yet. We're starting to work on some new music at the moment. Mm. So you'll definitely watch this space for some more music on with me and him, probably towards the end of the year or beginning of the new year. And then eventually, yeah, I want to get up to um, releasing a new album um, by spring next year. I'll be 50 then, so I want to try to put that another again, another milestone. That's it. And I want to have this album done for that. So it won't be just a techno album, it'll be definitely other styles of music no. on it. There'll be some other collaborations on there with it for sure, but I mean, it will be a bit more focused than that, the other one, because the other one has really went all over the shop, you know. Uh, I've got the track now. What's that dub track on there? Man? Oh, I really? You that. like that one? No, no, that's quite a bird. Uh, uh, Thought yeah, Road. Yeah, Thought it? Road, that's a place in Tottenham. And uh, okay. and that's Man. my mate from when that came on. I was playing the label. I played the the thing in the album in sequence. So, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh <laughs> man, fucking bass. That's a real wild card that one. I just wanted to have something related to that. Again, coming back to why I made that, why it made that album so diverse. Being that I wanted mm. to be a lot to do with my life, and with my mum had just passed away, so I was reflecting a lot back on my life leading up to that point and the musical genres I've been into and. Obviously, as I said, dub and right. reggae and dancehall was such an influence in Tottenham. And so mm. Thorpe Road is a place, is a street in Tottenham that I used to hang out on a lot. And my mate who's actually doing the vocals on there is was the guy who lived on that road. <laughs> I used to hang oh, around like his house all the time, you know, so it's kind of yeah. why I wanted to do that. Oh, so it's a real kind of memory lane exactly. type thing exactly. going I mean, on yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the Love All yeah, You Hate nice, It track, and then for me that meant more personal than anything else is why that was on there. Great and varied selections from Oliver Way. Fantastic stuff. Great interview. Really enjoyed having a chat with him. Obviously a man to watch for all the reasons he's explained in the show. Bit more from him now as we go into guest mix mode. Fantastic electro mix recorded in November last year in the Netherlands. At an event put together by Nur, Nor, Nacht and RX Mode. Some real belters in this. Enjoy it.
Hauf und ihr hört Base Agenda Radio.
great mix from Oliver Way. Love and thanks out to him again for taking part in the show. As always, the show's going to be available first on patreon.com slash bassagenda over the weekend, where you can download the full episode, get the track list, get a voice-free version of the episode, and if I get time, I'll probably put the techno section of the episode out as a single mix on there as well. Lots of great projects from Oliver and involving Oliver in the pipeline. Make sure you check them out as they turn up. The show will be added to the archive at some point next week on soundcloud.com slash bassagenda and on the iTunes podcast feed, etc. I'll be back next month with a new show for you where my guest will be Cert. Just sorting out a good guest mix for that one as well. More news on that soon. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Have a good weekend. Cheers.